goal chance for Conor McGregor and he'll surely give it in Conor. What a goal! <laughs> Mackie heading it towards the 21 meter line. Keep Mackie chance. still going! Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats! Oh, what a goal! <laughs> I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne! If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly, but will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. Been a small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> Been a look, Donovan. That's Connor been a wild effort on goal. It's oh, 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 it is Off The Ball's post-match podcast. I'm Oisín Langan. Coming up, we've got Derek McGrath, the Waterford boss, and Kieran Kingston, the Cork manager, reflecting on a pretty dramatic day in Crow Park. 4.19 to 20 points, the final score between Waterford and Cork. Waterford into the All-Ireland final for the first time since 2008. Of course, they haven't won it since 1959. As always, our GA coverage on News Talk is brought to you by Board Gosh Energy, proud sponsors of the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. Follow hashtag hurling to the core. Now, as well as Derek McGrath, Kieran Kingston and Jake Dillon. We're going to get analysis from Ollie Canning, but it's Tommy Walsh we start with. He was watching the game for Off the Ball today in Crow Park, and um, the game really did turn on 51 minutes when Damien Catalan was sent off. Cork were winning by a point at that stage, but Waterford went on to outscore them 3 8 to 5 points afterwards to cruise home to that 4 19 to 20 points win. So I put it to Tommy that the sending off was the turning point. Yes, um, it, it surely was. The game was in the melting pot and even right after it, like Damien Cal was sent off. He, you know, I, f- I felt he was very hard done by, like I believe, guys getting sent off, especially on these big days. Should be something for something maybe done that was nasty or something that was really going to affect the game. But it was just a clumsy enough kind of a challenge out around the middle of the park and he didn't really deserve to go, I felt. Like they'll be celebrating tonight, Yoshin, in De La Salle, Strad Valley, Ballygunner, Mount Sign, Lismore, Dungarvan Passage. The people of Watford are now going into a final against Galway. You go back to 2008, you're playing against a team that was after winning two in a row, Kilkenny, who were really top dogs at the time. But now they're going in against a different animal. They're going against Galway, who aren't used to winning All-Ireland Finals. They haven't won one since 1988. So it's going to be a brilliant, I suppose, lead-up to that final because they'll have fierce belief um, they played Galway earlier on in the league O'Shane they made a, a good few switches when they were I think it was eight points up and Galway came back and defeated them so they will feel that they have I suppose a point to prove against Galway Waterford played the system we expected them to play in this game and it was only really when Damien Cahillan got sent off that they had the freedom to get forward and they got three goals after he got sent off so we probably don't know a lot more about Waterford than we already did before today because we can't really judge them due to the fact that Cork were down to 14 by the time Waterford cut loose or can we take anything from that Tommy? Yeah O'Shane I take everything from the game because every game takes on a life of, of its own you can't you can't blame anything you have to take whatever is in front of you and get on with how many times in the past have things went against Watford today they got a bit of luck with the sending off and they could then go I suppose man on man I've been saying it all along these players are brilliant players first and foremost so they're well able to win these man versus man battles so when it did open up when they were man versus man they got their goal chances and they just took over the field really now 
you know, looking back, I suppose, to before that, I failed to have it written down here on my sheet that the sweeper system is very good. And this might sound outrageous, but it's very good defensively. So it is brilliant defensively, as in they cut down the space and the excellent ball going into the Cork forwards and Anthony Nash's puck outs, which we might talk about in a few minutes. But up front, they were kind of living off scraps. They were finding it very difficult to score. But they were staying in the game. And it was only then when I went back to kind of forward versus defender for Watford that they could go on and win it. Galway will be well set up for that, though, won't they? They're used to coming up against uh, defensive systems. Well, they are, and they came up against it in the in the Leinster final against Wexford. But I don't and think maybe against Tip even a bit in the semi final because Fitz uh, McCormick was actually dropping deep in that game. Um, no, I, I I would read that just from playing yeah. out there in a similar type of a, of a game, I suppose that Tipperary were playing um, Oshin and that. I, the way I look at a spare man is a guy you bring back and leave him there and he hovers around that place Dan McCormick was doing what I think all great midfielders do when we're attacking you're attacking when we're defending you're defending and I felt McCormick when they were defending yes he was getting back like all the brilliant midfielders do help out your yeah. backs every chance you get but when it was gone forward he so was gone forward so it is a forward. different system that Galway would have played against I believe point, it is because but the only thing that was only that match the other in semi-final but in the previous match they played against an out and out sweeper in Sean Murphy and I would see him as the second best sweeper in the game Ty, Ty Borca being number one so the, re, the way they dealt with that I felt in the Leinster final is they were able to win primary possession yeah. Conor Cooney had a good few inches on his direct opponent as did a few more of the Galway forwards they won't probably have that against these Waterford guys these Waterford guys when it comes into Cooney and the boys they'll probably play the hurl they'll give him a little shove the ball go in the Burke will be back or fives the ball go in and they'll sweep up so I think it'll be a totally different um, I suppose game plan that Galway will have to come up against when they play Waterford but listen they have the players Galway to go on and do it do you think Waterford have the players to win their own ball against Galway in that final up front I mean well I think it's going to be they'll have to keep it tight because I think if they they will go with their sweeper system so they will find it very hard the likes of Bennett like we see the likes of Bennett and, and these boys up front and they don't really be on the ball the whole lot but that's not their fault because they're fighting against two three men the whole time so I don't see Watford going on and suddenly whipping around scoring three or four points from inside the 21 the whole time I still see it that it'll be coming from out the field and maybe they keep it tight and they might get a golden spell maybe at some stage that they score three or four points the likes Ozzy Gleeson like he did near the end he scored a pint from 70 80 yards Pargo Matney scored a pint a free from 80 yards I'd say or, or beyond that's the kind of thing that they will need to happen for him yeah. to go on and beat Galway we're already looking ahead to the next game because I think we've kind of made up our minds that this game is kind of skewed in what we can take from it because of the sending off but let's go back to today Austin Gleeson before he got that goal was actually very quiet and you said to me the great players do it they do it at key moments but do Waterford need to get more out of him across 70 minutes that's presuming he's able to play because we're, we understand and we haven't seen the replay that there was a helmet tugging incident against Luke Mead by Ozzy but we haven't seen it so we can't really go into it but does he need to do more can Waterford get him more into it what do you think no I think um, this is what happens 
the great players can't win it on their own O'Sheen yeah. you need a good team around you it's only when it's there when the game is in the melting pot or maybe could it be at any time really the great player comes on and suddenly he stands above everybody else do something that nobody else can do suddenly it goes from a draw game or a one point game into a seven, six or seven point game like how often for our team we'd see the, the great Richie Power on Arkin out of the game for 20 25 minutes 30 minutes but because the other guys were doing the business they could come back into it do their special things and suddenly win the game for Kilkenny well that's what I see Austin Gleeson doing that's what Joe Canning did last week they just stay tipping stay trying their hard out like he turned the game by chasing a nothing ball You're Christopher Joyce the great halfback from the Piercing, he soloed out into the corner he did everything right as a halfback got out at least if he was dispossessed the ball wouldn't be anywhere in the danger zone but suddenly when Gleeson took it off him young Jamie Barron was make, after making an unbelievable run inside like he did for his second goal he was all he was all on his own kind of running in from midfield around the 21-14 caught the ball put it in the back of the net so I think good teams with special players that's what it's all about Tidy Borka will be back for the final but it would be harsh on Kieran Bennett if they drop him Tommy we've got to go down and do some post-match interviews which we'll be going to in just a few minutes if you're listening back on the podcast but before I let you go you've been saying it's been a revolutionary summer for hurling and it's kind of the fitting end in that regard and the fact that it's Waterford and Galway who will meet in the final for the first time ever ah, I think, sure. well in memory anyway it's brilliant Oshin for the neutrals like we're now going to see celebrations for the final whistle that will be we haven't seen in many many years because it's been so long they're both, both two savage hurling counties great hurling people I, I spend a lot of time in both counties down through the years and they're just genuinely great hurling people they do the very same work as we'll say Kilkenny's and the Corks and the Tipperary's in their clubs year after year training session after training session I'm delighted for these guys clubs the guys below at Clashmore the guys below at Dungarvan Mount Sign like how proud will they be of their yep. of their players and especially I'm absolutely delighted for Tyke de Borca because he has been one of the best players in Ireland for the last three or four years now that man is getting his chance to play in Crow Park on the biggest day of all and I would like to put it out there Rushing as well that no one will remember in a few years time if Austin Gleeson and um, the other chap Conor Gleeson that was sent off if they play in the final through whatever reason so let's do what the GA people do great let's go at the heart these boys should play in the final and let's celebrate it because it's going to be a massive occasion Tommy Walsh talking to Off The Ball's post-match podcast in Crow Park still to come Ollie Canning Jake Dillon and Dan Shanahan before all them though let's hear from Waterford boss Derek McGrath who always makes for good copy as they say in the newspaper trade but uh, first Cork manager Kieran Kingston. Kieran, the game is neck and neck, and then Damien Cahillan got sent off. Now I know you didn't see the incident, so you can't comment on it. But what happened from there that you just couldn't live with Waterford? Let I me mean, look. We, as I said, we got cut for a couple of soccer punches, um, and when you can't see goals, we 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 still went after the game. We didn't deploy a sweeper. We were man for man. We went after the game, and uh, we got cut down the middle. We got cut down the middle for a couple of goals. And uh, look, after that, then you're 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 certainly um, you're you're, you're you're fighting, you're fighting, and you're you're chasing it, and and uh, then when, the more you go after it, the more open you you are, you know. 
Austin Gleeson got into it really after that as Tommy Walter was sitting beside me the Kilkenny great said the great players stand up when they need to but at that stage he kind of made a switch McDonald was off him at that stage having kept him quiet throughout the game I know it's easy to say now I know it's easy to say from the stand but do you kind of regret that move because McDonald was playing well on him now, we haven't sat down and analysed the game McDonald was doing well in him but I mean McDonald was doing very very well in him but we had a spare man behind as well we didn't have that so like it's easy to analyse it afterwards and it's easy to say if we did this if we did that but on the day like we, we ended up with, we, we, we lost a man uh, we had to uh, go man on man we didn't have a, we didn't have a, a, a spare player like, like they had on the other side and we still went after the game we conceded a goal straight after sending off and that wasn't a, that wasn't ideal so we had to go after it then they pressed up on pockets as well. It made it very difficult. It was very often you had to go 50-50, and I know that's hurling, but well, they can do that when you have an extra man, like you know. So that's that's like, we do the same. No, but I mean, even when it was 15 and 15. Yeah. But like we do the same. We we, we, we do the same. But I mean, I I, didn't, I don't think the puckouts uh, were, were like they weren't then any. Re- um, so if you go back in the puckouts, I think we were doing fine from the puckouts. Uh, we weren't doing any worse than they were. If you look at the stats in the first half, uh, our tackle count was ahead, possession was ahead. Uh, we were going to play with a breeze in the second half, so it was a lot in our favour at half time now. Yeah. You said at half time you felt confident you thought you'd go on and win it. What happened in the second half, even before the sending off, that you didn't really seem to click, you didn't seem to really drive on, you didn't seem to hit the flow that you did in the, the Munster Championship? We're, I think we were two points up, were we? When. Yeah. Cal- yeah. yeah. But even yeah. at that, it, it, was, it, it wasn't the same flow. Now, I know Waterford shut teams down, that's what they do, but. Yeah, well, we, we went from a point down to two points up, and I thought we were holding very well, to be honest. Uh, but you're playing against Warford, that's that, that's just always going to be. It's going to be war of attrition. We knew that. And uh, we had a few wides as well on top of that. We could have been three or four points ahead. But like that's the, way, that's the game you're in, and that's the, they're, that's, they're the inches. Before the start of the season, I imagine if I said, look, you'll win the Munster title, you probably would accept that and say, actually, that's a good season considering where we're coming from. Yeah, we probably would have signed up to it, as I say. Uh, many people, I suppose people's uh, commentary on the game and on, on the stitcher would probably be we were ahead of the curve and we were ahead of where we thought we would be and uh, we've made more progress and all the rest of it but like, that's outside the camp inside the camp we had we were very ambitious um, we didn't want to attain today uh, we felt we had a right chance um, and to get into a final and uh, look circumstances dictated otherwise and you have a very young squad as well so actually you can learn a lot from this year and you still have the basis of a good squad that could be together for many years to come. Yeah, but look, I mean, absolutely. Like, we have to acknowledge Waterford. Like, Waterford, at the end of the day, Waterford won the game, the better team on the day. Um, just their fourth semi-final in, in, as I said earlier, the fourth semi-final in three years. So they've learned a lot from that. It's our first. So, I mean, our number of lads here here for the first time. So we, they'll take a lot from that. Yeah, that has to be taken into consideration, doesn't it? I remember Austin Gleeson saying that about his first semi-final. He couldn't believe the hits being thrown around like, the likes of Fenley and stuff like that so your guys will take from that as well and I think because he won the Munster Championship maybe people forgot that coming into this game yeah they will take a lot from that like yeah of course they will and, and, and but I suppose when you win the Munster Championship it's all about the next game and, and people will talk about today more than the Munster Championship that's, that's understandable you know. Derek congratulations that's a, a huge win for Waterford yeah massive um, win great elation in our dressing room um, someone asked me beforehand was it a make or break game third semi-final in a row so there was a certain amount of pressure on us um, coming into the game, um, and obviously we're playing a, a really good team in Cork, so to perform in the manner they did, to open up space in the, in the manner that it is, is extremely pleasing, you know. You got your matchups right, Kieran Bennett. It's always a risk to give a guy a championship debut in an All Ireland semi final, but it worked out. And you just you shut them down in their front unit, which was a big thing. Yeah, did did well today. All right, Kieran did very well. Kieran had played in the last league game against Galway. 
and Kieran when he's playing with LIT and if it's given he invariably picks up the you know the danger man on the other side so he did very well today on Shane Kingston I thought um, has done very well on, on Keane Lynch in the past in, in Fitzgibbon matches etc so look there wasn't a bother out of him in terms of the whole approach to the minutes are they're relaxed to say the least so they were you know they were well able to deal with the whole occasion there wasn't, there wasn't a bother on him as I said this morning so I think the matchups in general work today but not to say they work the next day you know after the sending off you went on a run after that day, got a couple of scores, but then after that you took over. What changed? What did you do to, to get yourselves on the ball a bit more after that sending off? And, and how big a difference was that sending off? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I think the, the first initial part was uh, I was kind of saying to myself, geez, if we lose this game now and Cork and the man sent off, we're in serious trouble here, as, not as a management, but just in general. you know. So sometimes it can often work against you. So perversely, the first thought was a negative one when Cork man was sent off. Like you know, So within 10, 15 seconds, then I think we got a score. And we kind of stretched ahead then with the goal, I think, from Jamie's goal. But overall, I think the space started opening up. Our five, our five, six forwards with Kevin supplementing it, they were able to kind of push up on the puckouts, and we still had the spare man at the back in Dara. Like so, I think in general, space opened up on one side of the field, like you'd like, like you'd be trying to create itself. And I think um, Jamie and Kevin bombing from from midfield helped that, you know. Look, I know you haven't seen the incidents with Austin and Connor Gleeson, but if you were to be missing either or, or possibly both. How big a loss would they be? And how distracting is it when there's appeals and stuff like that? Because you've obviously had that in the couple of weeks just gone with Ty de Burka. Yeah, I don't think there's anything distracting in doing what you feel is right or doing the right thing. So it was probably tasking on, on the mental attitude of Ty, Bork or Ty de Burka, but he's a very, very strong young man um, mentally. So our motiv- motivation was huge for him today. So I haven't seen the incidents involving that you're, that you're alluding to. Um, in terms of the... Uh, the connotation that you you know that Connor Cleason would be unavailable based on a red you know I think every manager would like to view the tape first before he actually comments on it and then he can go down the route of avenue of appeal or otherwise you know and just finally for me you are into an All-Ireland final part of your project was to get to an All-Ireland yeah. final what's it like for you uh, I mean you're you seem to be a man who's who's struggling to keep in the good emotions here I mean it's a it's a tremendous achievement isn't it ah it is it is for the geez, for the lads it is it's, it's, it's brilliant um, have have my own family out, out in the, the Bowl Santa Ponza at the moment, the wife and two kids, so they were out watching it out in the out in Sean's place in, in the Bowl Santa Ponza. So you know I could say hello to them, I suppose I'd probably take this opportunity I should have taken it on the television to say hello to them whilst they're in there. So yeah, radio's yeah, look, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like listen, the emotion is huge. Outside of all the talk that that has surrounded us concerning how we play or how we set up, I think people forget the, the tightness of the unit and the fact that, you know, the embodiment of what we've represented over the last three or four years has been Tyg de Borca, for instance, and his, his ordinariness, and I mean that with the greatest respect to him. So um, this group will deal very well with the build-up to an All-Ireland. They're, they're very grounded young men, and oh, we'll turn up to play against Galway, albeit a, a massive task as, 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 as underdogs, you know? Is it kind of a relief for yourself? Because you've, you've brought an awful lot of pressure on yourself, haven't you? You've really invested in this thing. Yeah, I did. I brought too much. I, I, I acknowledge that. I, I, I went to a charity do in February, and they asked me how I was managing the teaching and the hurling, and I told them, I'm not teaching, and that proceeded into be the most publicised parental leave in, ever in existence in GA history. So, made a mistake there. I'd, I'd like to meet the man who hasn't made a mistake though. Yeah, I still thought Cork were a small bit more fluent than us in terms of the, the picking of their scores in the forward, and they were still finding space. We were set up in a way that was trying to finding space. So, I won't say I was worried, but um, thinking about the whole, you know, how easy Cork seemed to be getting their scores. If you like, halftime dressing room, guys just stand up and say, 
there's no winter ahead, like there's no to whatever part of Waterford to train. You know, they just made a promise to themselves, like there's no next year or such, you know, so try and get 38, 39 minutes out of ourselves and, and see where it leads us. Jamie Barron is a very, very essential to everything we do. He's a, almost three years ago to this day, or the first year I was involved, he was injured for the whole year. And I remember my dad went in to get a shutdown on his heart in the Beacon Clinic. And I was, after losing a couple of selectors, and the general perception was we hadn't a clue what we're doing. And that same day, Jamie Barron rang me to tell me he was going to America for the summer. So I said, stay there. I drove straight down to the Mardike Hotel from the clinic, and we walked around the Mardike. We kind of discussed the possibility of him going midfield, that we were going to build our team around him. Just delighted for Jamie himself because he's a rogue. He's a, he has the devil in his eye. He's he's a, he's a gas man, and just delighted that he's focused and and being being. Um, being able to play in the manner he has from the middle of the field. Yeah, we're going to have a couple of points tonight. Yeah, I know Galway are probably down the route of having a week's training advantage on us, but I think I, I'm not going to contradict myself. We live in the moment, and the moment at the moment is, or the moment is, is uh, sheer elation, relief, enjoyment, thinking about what, what's to come for the next three weeks. So we'll have a few points, and we'll recover in Dunmore and, and Clonnie, etc., in the morning, and, and have to chat about it then, and we'll be back in, uh, in, in, in Welsh Park on Tuesday night. There's just one more for me. What does the county itself have to learn from because the build-up to that final was was hype-driven and it was it was tough on the players and I guess you will remember that as a Waterford hurling man. I know you weren't involved in the management at the time, but you you learn lessons from it. And there's a couple of guys who were involved in that. Brick and Kevin Moran spring to mind. Yeah, I think the first thing is I think the whole cocooning away from the embracing of occasion is the wrong route. I feel you know. So if you go, you either go one way or the other. Yeah, sorry. The route of one way or the other where you actually cocoon yourself and cut yourself away from everything as opposed to um, you know, embracing it. So I think the middle ground there, if you like. John is a brother-in-law of mine. He would have felt a lot of it was done right in the run-up to the final in OE. John Milan. Yeah, and he, he would... He, you know, I remember they were buzzing at the time about about um, how well training was going and their tactical approach on the day. And then they went out and they just met a storm, which is what we could all meet. And I think sometimes, in retrospectively, everything is analysed in terms of um, how badly it went on the actual given day in terms of the build-up. You know, you hear people saying, oh, they were looking around in a parade or they didn't get a good touch in the warm But Sometimes you just meet a better team, but that's not as interesting to hear, you know. Remember, a lot more to come on this game and everything else that happened in the weekend, including the Premier League, on Monday night from 7 on Off The Ball on air on News Talk uh, we will hear from Ollie Canning a little bit later on I caught up with him to have a chat on today's game and to have a look ahead to the All-Ireland Final it's an interesting one for Ollie. obviously his brother is playing for Galway uh, first though let's hear from Waterford selector Dan Shanahan he played remember in 2000, 2008 when Waterford got to the final for the first time since 1963 but it wasn't a good experience they were absolutely battered by Kilkenny we will we will get to that but we started by talking about today's game against Cork yeah great victory Oshin um, hard fought uh, we did, probably didn't leave Cork into the rim like we did the last day and um, we worked hard listen to Tyg as well and I think we did it for Tyg and Derek today to be honest with you how much of an influence how much of a drive was the Tyg thing bit of a drive uh, disappointed he wasn't there um, didn't affect us going into training in the last two or three weeks so it hasn't and um, it was just we just said he's done so much for us. It's up to us to do something for him, like you know. So he's back for the final, please God. Was it talked about, or was it just something every lad knew? Let's do it for him. We didn't have to say anything. Every lad knew. They're intelligent bunch of lads. They know how how how, how this man holds he off the cuff. He's a brilliant man. I don't know has he ever been booked. And, and to be to miss a semi final like that was hard on him. But look, he have another day out, please God, and he has another day out uh, in the first week in September. How difficult was it to prepare not knowing if you had Tiger or not? Now, it didn't look like you were in any way confused out there, but I'm sure it wasn't easy. No, it wasn't easy, Ocean. You know, you, you know you, do we have Tiger? We didn't know it until Thursday night at half one. 
quarter to two in the morning we'll be having so we planned ahead to be honest with you we knew from the day he got he got sent out there we planned ahead without tie. he was suspended from automatically suspended he missing the game we just went about it and it didn't work for us but um, no but again it wasn't a tie show he knew that himself it's about the panel we showed today behind you and Kieran Bennett and I don't think he did anything wrong to, to be honest with you all our backs are outstanding today and um, so, so I think every fella today was outstanding to be honest with you, like, you know, in, in time but there's more in us oh, if I'm being honest with you more in some of the lads out there and um, look, we'll, we'll enjoy tonight. We'll, um, this, this, this hasn't happened to us since 08. Yeah. And we've been in a lot of semi finals. I think this Brick 13th, I'm involved with 12, I might say, as a coach or, and a player. So to hear that final whistle today was just minding things. Yeah, of the last 10, this is Waterford's only second win. Um, before the sending off, because the game kind of changes after that, doesn't it? But before the sending off, you were maybe struggling to get scores. Now, it was neck and neck, it was tight. Is that something you'd worry about? Is that what you were referring to when you say that you need to improve for the next day? No, I think Cork are a good team. They are a good team. They're a Munster champions. They beat, they beat, they beat the hard way about winning the Munster. Like, you know, and, like, you know, it's very hard to beat a team, let's be honest, twice. It happened to us since year seven. We beat Limerick in the Munster final. They came up and caught us the next day. And the sending off kind of did affect the game, to be honest with you. Um, Anthony Nash probably had to go along with his pokos instead of going to be going short, like you know, and uh, it, it, it kind of did affect the game. But that's what happens, like you know, in these games. If if like Damien Callan lives lives on the edge, he's, a good, good, he's the most improved hurler Cork have, like you know, he just got caught, I suppose, like you know. But look, again, he didn't go to do that, like you know, we just capitalised on it. You really caught them on the break, especially after the goal. But you almost caught them on the break a few times before that. And you yeah. did actually for the first goal with break. Yeah, yeah. We, we did a course, and, and and there was there was other opportunities too, Oshters. I would say to the boys there at half time, if I was there on my day, I could have got two goals because like, I would have ghosted in there. There was plenty of space in front of the full back line there and in behind the full back line, and none of our lines took a chance. Brick did, he got a couple of balls off it, like you know. And um, but look, as I said, oh, we, we want, one thing we've always done, we parked our victories and defeats. Yeah. We've parked that now. Kieran Kinson came in and again made an unbelievable speech to push on and win it, like you know, and he was dead right. Just before I let you go, you've now won a big game in Crow Park. How big a deal is that for this bunch of players? Because they came up with a big performance last year. And okay, lost to Kilkenny in the replay in Thurles, but to actually do it in Crow Park in a semi-final—that's that's a big deal for a player, isn't it? Mentally. Yeah, we've been questioned a lot over the years. Come up, Oshie, in 06, we were questioned again coming into the into the quarter-final against Tip that we'd never won a big game in Crow Park. Um, did it bother us? No. Did it bother us? We, we played well last year, didn't win the game. Semi-finals are about winning, Oshie. Uh, we done that today, so we did. And um, and we, we, we drove on today. We, we as I said to you, if we won eight seven, we didn't care. But the fact that we won it, uh, to be honest with you, we can't last enough. It kind of opened up the game, and we brought on our younger, faster lads. And Morris came on and made a big difference too when, when they came on. Like. And finally, how much will you learn from 08, or is it a case of saying, look, we'll take lessons from it, but we won't get too wrapped up in it? 100% percent as in. No better man to ask about 08, like you know, and, and, and what, what Kilkenny did to us. But the preparation going into that game was unbelievable. So we, if we can bring that, like you know, and, and bring that to the game and bring that experience of the loss, put the preparation with it. Um, but don't get wrapped up in it because oh, you, no, it's, you, the lads must enjoy these things too, Osh, to be honest. It's all right for we weren't there since 08, and obviously, and that, before that was 60 something and 59. So the lads have to enjoy them days, and, and please God that um, Johnny will push on. God, we are, 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 are the, again the form team at the moment, as in. Apart from Cork, they're the best team in the country. Like, and they know that. And what they did to tip last week. But um, again, we're here. It's a two-horse race. And that's what we asked for. Well done, Dan. Thank you. Waterford selector Dan Shanahan following today's win over Cork. 4.19 to 20 points. The final score. This is Off The Ball's post-match podcast. GA on News Talk with Board Gosh Energy. Giving customers exclusive access to the GAA Hurling All-Ireland Senior Championship at BGE BGERewards.ie. Still to come, the analysis of Ollie Canning. Before him, though, let's hear from some of the players. 
Waterford forward Jake Dillon, how does it feel to be in an All-Ireland final? Sure, look, it's brilliant, we're over the moon. Um, <clears throat> we, <laughs> I suppose, look, we all dreamt of it for long enough as kids, you know, and just to be given the opportunity to come back in three weeks and fight for an All-Ireland, sure. Look, it's every kid's dream and thankfully we are in with a chance, you know. Is it more relief than joy because I suppose there was pressure on Waterford to get to a final because they come so close over the last couple of years it would have felt like maybe something was left behind or maybe you wouldn't have achieved your target if you didn't get there I look I don't think there was too much pressure on us to be honest um, it, look it's very easy to say it now but we, we block out the outside for you know media and that but even for yourself personally the pressure you put on yourself ah, look sure you want to be an all earned you know when you're not if you don't win the Munster Championship or League you want to try and get to another final, be a chance of winning something, you know. There's a lot of dedication, hard work goes in over the year, and to be able to chance of winning another Ireland, you know, it's just what we all dream of, you know. Talk to me about that game because it was a real battle. There was no time, no space there. It must have been very, very tough to first of all get to the ball, and second of all distribute or shoot the ball. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think both teams set up with an extra man, you know, and I'd say most of the backs on either side, majority of the ball. But look, every team is different, you know. Um, Personally, our forwards I think worked very hard today and tried to upset the cars back as much as we could. I think Dara was brilliant at the other end as the sweeper. You know his distribution and his reading of the game is top class. And look, um, I think that's just that's just the way we, the game unfolded and both teams played with, and we, the game just took off. You know, and and I think just lads played on instinct then and the ebb and flow. And I don't think it was a bad match either. I know a lot of people give out about sweepers, and I thought that was a very good match and there was huge intensity and brilliant scores and. I don't think you can get a whole lot better than that now, to be honest. Yeah, it was a good game to watch, I have to say. Um, when you get on the ball, what's the first thing you're looking to do? Kind of, Is it for a white jersey or, or what is it? Actually, look, as a forward, um, it's to score. The first thing to do is to try and score, you know. But when you're outnumbered the other end, you try and win prime possession. It's very hard. You know, backs are tight and an extra man, is, it is di- quite difficult. But look, you have to make the most of the balls you're getting, you know, and make it life very difficult for a back. Um, and try obviously score that's their job too, you know, and do whatever it takes for the team, the overall team, to get over the line. Look, that's just what we'd all do. And you, you've been with Derek for a long, long time, haven't you? Through school, through club, through Waterford, obviously. So it means a lot to you and it means a lot to him. And I guess you, more so than anyone else, know what he puts into this. Yeah, look, he's just, I suppose, he's been a father figure to a lot of us. He taught us in school and we won hard to cups with him and I was looking enough to play club hurling with him as well. Um, and he's just a totally dedicated man and loves it, you know, and he'd do anything for anyone. And he put everything into this last four years. And thankfully today, I suppose, more than anything for himself and Dan, getting the win is huge. And we, we wanted to repay them a bit, you know. Yeah. And it's Galway in the final. It's an unusual pairing. And I guess there's no scar tissue with Galway. If it was Kilkenny or Tip, there'd be kind of a, a shadow over. Maybe the fans, they'd look at it that way. I know maybe he wouldn't, but does it put an unusual spin on it, the fact that it is Galway? I know, look, we, we haven't come across him a whole lot. He played Missy in the league, obviously, up there and threw away a lead and they end up winning the league and win Leinster, you know. So, yeah. look, um, we haven't played each other a whole lot the last few years, so we'll be totally, we won't know each other a whole lot. But look, sure, we're in with a chance. They'll be favourites and rightly so. We've been up to give Lash and look, sure, said every game is 50-50. Um, we'll have a bit of improvement to do from today, I think, to after watching Galway last week, um, to put up them too. But look, sure, we have three weeks to do it, you know, and it's something to look forward to. Four goals today, a goal against Wexford, four goals against Kilkenny. That ain't bad for a defensive team, is it? No, exactly. Look, and there'll be some days again where they mightn't be a goal. Look, you can, at Hurland's all about instinct, you can only play if it's in front of you. And I think exceptional players like Austin and, and Shane, I think, gave the ball to Brick. And he gave, I think Austin gave a great pass to Jamie for the last goal. You know, these things, they, they happen instantly. So, look, um, 
all I can say is it's a bit of class from the lads and we, I think a lot of us spoke about not scoring goals um, for us over a few years but something we never even mentioned in training or anything like that look if if you don't score a goal but you're scoring points you know and win it doesn't matter you know We're, we've been started a start of success the last few years and look it was all about just getting over the line today I don't think you're worried about the wide count and I mean that in a complimentary way because the way hurling has gone sometimes the only thing you can do is shoot from a tight angle or shoot from a long way out and if you get enough shots you're going to get enough points and you're going to rack up wides doing that but it doesn't seem to matter to this team Exactly, look, we have good shooters and some days lads will have always naturally enough but it's hard enough to get on the ball and you get on it then yeah. as I said, lads see the post are going to obviously have a pop if be worse if you can't have a few ways means they're not on the ball, you know so look, we don't ever worry about that and Derek don't ever say it to us look, um, he's kind of pretty much it's, he leaves his play as we see it and um, I think the lads today I think it opened up when they send off and off today and obviously our bench again was absolutely brilliant they come on, they do a job to a tee and look, sure, it's, it's a whole 30-man panel there like even the lads that didn't get the tug out today that are driving train they are the ones really pushing everyone and the 26 are pushing the 15 so look it, it's a huge collective effort Jake well done no worries thank you Noel Connors Waterford cornerback how much does it mean to you to be in an All-Ireland final yeah it's I suppose it's incredibly special because as a child you you spend your years uh, aspiring and dreaming and putting all your emotions and everything into get to the All-Ireland final and you know I suppose we were very fortunate to get over and spoil it I suppose the the, the I don't think it was a fair reflection, the, the scoreline at the end of it, but uh, there was a lot of hard hits and a lot of emotion went into it, but uh, it was great to get over the line in the end. When that game is incredibly tight, we'll say about 45, 50 minutes in, before descending up, off, because it kind of loosened up after that, were you thinking, here we go again, because unfortunately Waterford don't have a great record in semi-finals? No, and look, that's that's perfectly honest, and it's you know it's, it's written in the books, and we're all well aware of that, but... Uh, I think that Derek has always said that he's trying to change a culture and change, you know, a new Watford and, you know, we've been on the road a long time together, so we kind of just stuck to what we were about and we didn't kind of panic maybe previous years, we would have, you know, got a bit uptight and diverted a small bit away from what I suppose our core principles are, but it's it's a different, I suppose, Watford, it's uh, a Watford built on, you know, commitment and hard work and, and fairness that we all looked around the field and you know, there's always someone driving it on. If it wasn't the, the, the older lads, it was some of the younger lads that came on and, you know, drove it on, drove it on for us. It's only natural. As an individual, you want to do it for yourself, you want to do it for your team, but, and it's a massive sporting cliche, but I think it's true this time, you, you really want to do it for your manager because Derek, he's an emotional guy, he puts himself out there, maybe he puts himself out there too much by his own admission, but for him to get Waterford to an All-Ireland final, you must be delighted because... I mean, from the start, he took a lot of flack and throughout the three years, even though you've got to semi-finals in the last three years, he's taken flack and the system, you know, is questioned, whatever. So so for him to actually get to it, that's a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty loaded question, yeah, yeah. actually, I'm asking you here. But but for him alone, you must be delighted. There's about, there's about six questions in that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, All of them grenades. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we'll try and defuse them as quick as we can. But look, it's very, very simple. You know, Derek has, has taken on this job to put Walford in a better position and, and trying to get us to the Holy Grail, something that's not been done for nearly 60 years. And yeah, don't get me wrong, he's made some difficult decisions over the last number of years, but all with the right, I suppose, you know, all with the right aim and, and all with the right heart. You know, he didn't he didn't do anything for a particularly bad reason, etc. He put it all on, on the line for Walford Um And people, for, people forget then at times that you know, we've been in all Ireland semi-finals for the last number of years, and I suppose how I suppose how much this team has come on in the last number of years has been phenomenal. But at the end of the day, it's about winning. You know, the ultimate goal, and we'll try and do all we can for Derek and for everyone else that's involved. And you're going into an All Ireland final against a 
an unusual opponent in a sense that Waterford and Galway don't meet too often in the championship so it's kind of a it's a novelty final but it's also kind of it's one of these ones where the, the shadow of Kilkenny isn't over it the shadow of Tip isn't over it yeah absolutely and I suppose it's a great thing to show where Hurland is in, in, in the country uh, it's a great thing to see there were so many tight matches over the last couple of weeks and last couple of months and I suppose Monster, Monster Championship and the whole way in through the qualifiers for us has been extremely competitive and it's, I suppose it's extremely enjoyable for a player because you're nearly playing week on week and yeah, I suppose there's, a, there's an element here where it's difficult to get up and get down for every week but it's been incredibly enjoyable for us as players but um, I suppose the main thing for us is to get back to work whether it's tomorrow or the following day and, and just get back to what we're about. Does it make a difference that it's not Tip or Kilkenny? There's no scarred tissue against Galway. They're, I mean, they're tough, they're great. But there's no scar tissue, and there's no kind of. I know when Waterford people look ahead to a Kilkenny or Tip game, we kind of think, oh God, this lot, you know, we kind of we're nervous, we're fearful about it. That 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 isn't the situation for when Waterford people play Galway. No, and and to be perfectly honest, I don't think that them emotions are there anymore with you know Kilkenny and Tip. I think that you know we've been beating each other on and off if it's the league or the championship for the last number of years, and with with, with Galway obviously going to be odd, odds on favourites after winning the Welsh Cup, after winning the league, after winning the Leinster Championship, etc. And they've been in phenomenal this year, so. I suppose for us it's it's ultimately to get back, as I said, to get back and train and, and try and put in as much work and blood, sweat and tears for the next number of weeks and enjoy, I suppose, the build-up. Build up. Well, that's almost it for Off The Ball's post-match podcast. Remember, GAA on News Talk brought to you by Board Gosh Energy, official electricity partners to the GAA. Follow hashtag hurling to the core for all the senior hurling championship action. Just one more piece to come. That's with Ollie Canning. And afterwards, I caught up with him in the Crow Park Hotel. Look, and I thought that Waterford did really well today. I, I, we were asked for our predictions before the game. Some, some of us went with Cork. So I went with Waterford myself. I just thought Derek McGrath would have a strategy there. I think they, they interrupted Anthony Nash's puck outs. I think they didn't go the same as they had gone in the through the Munster Championship. I thought Gareth Fives did a fantastic job as sweeper today. He got onto the world of possession and he used the ball really, really well. The, the sending off. You know, probably was a factor because there was a couple of changes in the Cork half back line or in the, in the back line following the sending off, and it just gave Waterford, you know, maybe they sensed with the extra man that they really could, uh, you know, put that to use and get a couple of scores on the board. And I think because the following 12 minutes, I think Waterford scored 2 4, 2 5, or something like that following the sending off, and that was a major, major difference. I appreciate it's easy to say this after the game, it's very easy to say this from the sideline, it's very easy to be a hurler on the ditch, but Waterford went through the middle for those goals. And another thing, McDonald was taken off Gleason, who he had done very well on up to that point. Do you think Cork could look and say, actually, maybe we should have just sat deep for a few minutes, even though they got a few points, but after that, as you say, Waterford opened them up? Well, the thing about the sending off, I think in the following three or four minutes, Cork actually rallied fairly, fairly well, and I mean, they got a number of scores, you know, immediately after that, and it looked like that they were going to weather the storm, but there was obviously too, too long to go to the very finish, so, and I mean, look, Waterford ran through for a couple of goals near the end when Cork, you know, the life had been sucked out of Cork at that stage, and the last maybe two goals... It, it wasn't a true reflection on the game I thought today I was an 11 point win today I didn't think I thought maybe it was 3 or 4 points in it when Waterford uh, you know took control near the end so I wouldn't be too worried about that the first goal Waterford got it probably should have been cleared before that I think it was men outside him and I think it was Austin Gleeson that dispossessed I think it was Ellis fed it across the goals and then uh, a great finish so you know, it, it's it's a very very thin margin here you know so Waterford they seized the initiative from that moment on and then they opened up Austin Gleeson came well into the game he had been quiet earlier and you know Dara Fives I felt I made a few excellent 
catches in the last maybe 10 or 15 minutes and he was really a rock in the centre of the water for defence and, and Cork just didn't get in for any scores Now obviously I was at the game so I haven't seen Sky's coverage and I actually haven't seen replays of a lot of the incidents especially the apparent Austin Gleeson tug on the helmet of Luke Mead and Connor Gleeson sending off Austin could find himself in a bit of trouble no action taken at the time obviously Connor was sent off straight red so he as it stands misses the final what did you make of both incidents? I saw the replay for the for the, the Conor Gleeson one and, and I have to say Conor Gleeson had a fantastic game on uh, Conor Lehan he was, he was he was man marking him for most of the game uh, I thought the, 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 it was Patrick Horgan I think was involved I think there may have been a little jab thrown and then and then I think Conor just swung with the hurley and caught him caught him low around the, around the shins or maybe thereabouts I thought it was innocuous enough I thought it was a, a, a two red cards I thought were a harsh punishment because you know it was a physical game there was lots of big hits going in so unfortunately for Conor I don't know what's going to happen there Austin Gleeson I didn't actually see the incident I was on the sideline today with Sky Sports okay. so I didn't actually see a replay of the incident and the first I heard about it was when the guys were discussing it at half time so I'll have to I'll have to reserve judgment on that one. Yeah. There has been a couple of incidents uh, in the last number of weeks. Obviously, tied to Borca. Is the inconsistency the frustrating thing? Because there was an incident last week. There was an incident in the league semi-final, which no one seems to be talking about. Wexford and Tip. There was definitely a helmet tug there. Obviously, there was Tig's incident, and the evidence wasn't clear from what we could see. It was done on the evidence of the linesman. Fair enough, he was close to it. That's what he's there to do. But is it the inconsistency that will be the frustrating thing here, regardless of what happens, whether Austin gets cited or or uh, gets proposed a punishment or whatever? I think the problem you have is the rule is just too black and white. It's just inter- in- intentional, uh, you know, pulling off the helmet or pulling off the face guard. Now. It doesn't take into account any force, whether you're trying to fin the guy off, whether you're trying to, you know, as as Tyg de Borca, definitely his path was blocked that day. And I don't think the hurling people in general would say it was, he wasn't the, he didn't initiate that that confrontation in that instance. He was trying to make a run down the sideline. Now he came came into contact with the helmet. What we're saying basically is, is, at this early stage we don't know exactly what way it will be looked at or how you can look at it yes exactly and I think there should be different levels I think if there's if there's force used when you grab a guy's helmet I think that's that should be a sanction I think if it's if it's a, if you come into contact with a guy's helmet and there's no real danger to the, the opposition player I think that maybe is a, a yellow card for example yeah. I think if there's real force used where you could maybe could cause an injury a neck injury or something like that that's a different situation but unfortunately the rule we have is, is, a, is a blanket rule that if you interfere with the helmet int- intentionally this is um, there is a sanction of a red card now if it's, it depends is, is it going to be in the referee's report we don't know some of the incidents over the last number of weeks some have been picked up on the day of the match some haven't so uh, it's a grey area that I think the GA probably will need to look at it's been highlighted in the last number of weeks and again obviously there was an incident today in the, in the match so you know it, it'll play out I'm sure uh, as the weeks go on now it's Waterford and Galway in the final there's actually an interesting dynamic between Michal Donoghue and Derek McGrath they marked each other in that minor final of 92 you played that day or Galway won against Waterford obviously um, and for Claren Bridge Michal Donoghue was managing and um, they beat Derek McGrath's LSL so they've met each other before in high level championship um, encounters now those are obviously just little sideline lines they don't actually count for anything ahead of the All-Ireland final but what do you um, what do you think what do you think kind of game it will be well I think it's going to be a different game than today I think if you look at the Cork forward line today 
they're very mobile they wouldn't be the biggest men I think Galway will bring a completely different game than, than what Cork brought today I think Galway are a very physical team so from that point of view it's going to be a new challenge for Derek McGrath and his backroom team he will, be, he will have been planning for Cork they will be getting the matchups as best they can we saw today uh, you know uh, Conor Gleeson picking up Conor Lehan did really well Noel Connors on um, on Cahalan he was very good as well so you know it's going to be a completely different scenario come Galway Waterford but what you have is you've got two teams that are trying to uh, you know, winning All Ireland for the first time in how many years? So it's going 88 to... for Galway, 59 for Waterford. So either way, a famine ends. Exactly, and I mean that's going to bring a whole new significance. You know, tickets. The ticket hunt is going to start again. You know, you're going to have. I have 57 missed calls. How many do you have so far for tickets? Lows, lows. Yeah. But you know, it, it, that brings a whole new dynamic. A new dynamic. You're going to have two new teams in it, trying to break the famine. It's going to be a wonderful occasion. You would love to see all the players playing in the match be it incidents today or whatever I think from a Galway point of view you want to see a full Waterford compliment playing and from a Waterford point of view you want to see a full pick you know injury free list for Galway and everybody let them put out their best teams and then let the best team win I was saying to a few people after the game today that if Waterford were playing Kilkenny or Tip you'd be very fearful because there's kind of a, a shadow over us from those teams Galway have never beaten Waterford in the championship does that count for anything or is that just one of those things I think it's one of those things I know it comes up from time to time people will reference that that Galway haven't beaten Cork or they haven't beaten Waterford etc for me when I was playing matches it's the last thing on your mind because you're in such a panic out there in the field you've got a job to do you've got a process to stick to and the last thing you're thinking about is have we actually beaten this this county before it doesn't count for anything in the run in either because for, for, for me from a player's point of view it doesn't not at all it may take a couple of column inches where people will reference that and it's an interesting fact for yeah. some people but when you're in there in the heat of battle in Crow Park it's not even going to be mentioned I'd say from Michal Dunno's point of view or from Derek McGrath's point of view it's going to be you have a process to stick to and it's 15 on 15 or 18 whatever many players to use the next day and then whoever plays the best whoever makes doesn't make mistakes whoever makes the right decisions at the right time that's the team that's going to win and there'll be an absolute belief on both sides that they can beat each other that, that'll be a factor going in surely I think so and, and look at both of these teams I think Galway they've been there and thereabouts for the last number of years I think Waterford under Derek McGrath and his backroom team they've done a lot of work in the last number of years I think they're at a stage a bit like Galway they're looking at this opportunity they're saying guys it's wide open this year this is a wonderful opportunity and we have to take that opportunity to win in All-Ireland Galway and Waterford I see them they're kind of in the same boat Cork for me were kind of a new team emerging this year they had five new starters at the start of the year Cork are at a different stage in their development but I see Waterford and Galway being a very similar match as regards the development of, of their squads so for me it's going to be a fascinating battle and I think people are going to be really looking forward to it I may have had it wrong I think were you a sub in 92 in that minor final yeah I was a sub in 92 I came on in the semi-final but I didn't get a run out in that final in 92 but you know we were lucky enough that day you went on to win a minor All-Ireland all the same didn't you? yeah we did yeah, yeah. We, we won in 92 we won that day and we won in 94 but that day I was a sub that day but we got one over on wall for that <laughs> day and me I don't know who, he may have a think about that from time to time but again that's not really going to enter his head as he prepares this Galway team for the final and Derek McGrath will be in the same boat Ali thank you very much for joining us on Off The Ball's post-match podcast in the hotel across the road from Crow Park in the aftermath of the All-Ireland semi-final Waterford overcoming Cork we'll actually wrap it up uh, for the moment more to come tomorrow night on Off The Ball from 7 o'clock and obviously News Talk Breakfast will cover this game in depth 
in the morning from Ollie and myself Oshin Langan and Tommy Walsh who joined us earlier and everyone else who spoke to us post game thank you very much follow at Off The Ball for more on this and everything else uh, let's look forward to a great final Waterford and Galway on the first Sunday of September from uh, the surrounds of Crow Park it's goodbye brilliant Ollie